Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Republican, a conservative uh, event, a Christian fundamentalist, a lot of, and he's a pretty religious That's Christian right. himself. He goes to church uh, and he's a very conservative individual. And he spoke, uh, and watch what happened. The introduction I prefer is a little bit short. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And I So he was called a traitor by these hecklers who were there, uh, even though he's very conservative and he's, he's a very religious Christian. Yeah, and in many ways, he brought the Christian conservative movement into the Trump tent during the 2016 campaign. Wolf, look, I mean, this is disturbing stuff. Uh, keep in mind, you know, we have to go back to January 6th when they were chanting, hang Mike Pence up on Capitol Hill. We want all of it! We want all of it! We don't want to stay! We don't want to stay! We want democracy was absolutely invaded, that our democracy was undermined, and that cannot be tolerated by either side. And I want you to know, these are real domestic terriers. We're talking about the Proud Boys. We're talking about the Oath Keepers. We're talking about the KKK. What do you, uh, what do you say to some of We're these uh, Republicans? Congress, right, but some of these congress, congressmen on the Republican side, as you know, uh, Congresswoman Waters are saying it was the FBI. Now they're saying it's the FBI. They can say whatever they want to say. You know, one of the things we know is we need a commission. And they're opposing a commission to find out who all was involved. Where did the money come from to send busloads of people in? Who supported them in all of this? Where was the organizing taking place? I'm told there was organizing taking place right in the Trump campaign. And so if they really are concerned about why our capital was invaded and why there was an insurrection, they would support a commission uh, to find out. But they don't want to know because too many of them side with them and support what they have done. That's a body. Yeah, that is in Spanish for sure. Oh, yeah. Like one of you, Bob? Your shit. I'm not sorry. My dad is shit. He has a pigstail and shit. 
How long ago did that happen? I got to ask you about January 6th. You wrote an op-ed for CNN during the insurrection. You said, quote, we can put this up on screen. As I write this, I am sheltering in the Capitol complex with the rest of Congress. We were rushed here by the Capitol Police from our offices and the House floor as these terrorists uh, stormed the building and started weaving through the corridors. This is no protest. This is anarchy. It's domestic terrorism. The people who are in the building right now are traitors to our nation. Uh, this week, as you know, uh, Congressman, 21 of your Republican colleagues voted against awarding the Congressional Gold Medal to officers who defended the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, what would you say to them? And, and what do you say to some of these members who are floating this wacky FBI false flag conspiracy theory? They're trying to whitewash history. And they are traitors. They are domestic terrorists, the people who attacked us in the Capitol, who attacked the seat of government all with the intention of undermining the election, undermining the will of the American people. And frankly, if you're aiding and abetting terrorists by your actions in the Capitol, whether it was back on January 6th or with your votes today, you don't deserve to be a member of Congress. They don't have to, because this time they have CNN squarely on their side. Watch the apologists for corrupt federal law enforcement deny something they couldn't possibly be in a position to verify either way. <laughs> it's clearly untrue. It's totally wrong. All right, why don't you explain how? We have almost two dozen people who've been identified as criminals who are not being charged. Why is that exactly? Why don't you tell us? But they didn't. And then just to make it totally obvious that CNN now functions as an arm of the woke national security state, which they do. You recall I recently described Fox News as the bullshit factory in honor of its steady stream of bogus segments aimed at ginning up viewer outrage. But Tucker has really outdone himself this week. So I've decided to award Tucker with the distinction of bullshit factory employee of the month. And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It's the 22nd of June, year of our Lord, 2020. I love that intro. That's a great intro. We're just just opposing them and violence. And yeah, it is state-run meeting, media. It's just state-run media. You got Acosta. You got shootings. We're talking about, you know, l- let's be honest. Do do the do you think they really care about Mike Pence? Mike Mike Pence was a piece of shit. Oh, he got heckled. I'm so upset. Oh, Tucker's actually really true. So anyway, we're we're gonna have a good show today. We're gonna start off with uh, a little bit of holiday stuff because you know I love the way uh, the woke do holidays. Juneteenth was a big thing for the media they they really loved it even though we've already proven that nobody even knows what the fuck juneteenth was uh only galveston texas actually celebrated juneteenth but yeah you, you didn't hear that not on the media oh yeah 
Well, that little rump bunch of Republicans are very upset this week because tomorrow is Juneteenth. But Biden, Joe Biden's, you can applaud that. No, we don't vote Juneteenth. Yes. We're making it a holiday. Biden's. Biden signed a bill, this is what these Republicans are mad at, making Juneteenth, which is, of course, the celebration of the end of slavery, a federal holiday. And, of course, being... (laughs) It went better in rehearsal. They were right on the... the... No. I don't do a rehearsal, obviously. Um, But it's... (laughs) Being... The very newest of our holidays, white people, I must say, are very confused. Do we barbecue? Is there a mattress sale? Republicans claim they support the holiday while simultaneously passing laws to make sure your kids can't learn about it in school. While Juneteenth will now be commemorated nationwide, there's a catch. In some red states, it could soon be illegal to teach what the holiday is all about. God, we're taking away Juneteenth. Yeah, I changed the camera again. So you've seen me looking right here. We moved it over here. I'm just all fucked up. So let's go through this stuff. Father's Day is a special time for many families. People who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 can celebrate the day inside or outside without wearing a mask and stay six feet apart. They just can't give it up. They can't give it up. And then, of course, happy Juneteenth, but only those, is Joy Reid, who believe everyone, black, white, brown, Asian, or indigenous, has the right to vote and that the results of an election should be respected. The rest of you all should consider today's Saturday. Looking at you, GOP, be blessed. And the entire world said to her, well, I guess Stacey Abrams, who is a major mover in the African-American race hustling industry, she can't. Hillary can't. And, and then, uh, then we had photos. This is all they could come up with. That's mediate. They couldn't come up with shit because it isn't a holiday. I'm not saying it shouldn't be a holiday. I'm not anti-black. I'm not a racist. This is just a vote-getting thing. That's what this was about. It wasn't about a real holiday that everybody knew about. We know that. Only 6% of blacks even heard of it. And then you have Illinois. You have Juneteenth and LGBTQ parades, but you can't have July 4th because that's what it's about. But my favorite is The Root. Um, And I'm doing this ahead of the violence because it all ties in. Um, And by the way, if you see the computer in the background, I'm not tubing, tubing tubing-ing. I have a bad external hard drive, so I'm pulling all the data off it. It has all my family photos and things like that. And then I'm going to literally reformat the disk and try to get it to work because it keeps just shutting off. Uh, it's not there's, – there's, it says there's something on it, so I don't know what's on it. So I'm pulling the good files off, and then I'm going to just wipe it clean. But anyway, you knew this was coming. This is from The Root. Make Juneteenth Great Again, the Caucasian Guide to Celebrating Juneteenth. So, of course, because they're fucking racist, and I'm going to go ahead and put this over my face. Hold up, white people. Now that you have officially discovered Juneteenth, you need to become familiar with the traditions, customs, and histories, lest you succumb to the Caucasian colonization gene and gentrify this auspicious celebration. Before hopping on the Juneteenth bandwagon, you first need to realize that you have no say in driving the narrative about the special day. 
Left to your devices, Juneteenth might become a day where you parade around an African head wrap drinking Hennessy, just like y'all celebrate Mexican Independence Day on May 5th by donning sombreros and taking shots of American tequila. So to protect the legacy of this special day, the Root created the handy-dandy guide to help you become familiar with exiting, existing in spaces you don't own. Welcome to Juneteenth. I'm pretty sure you discover means ruin and Caucasian, like how y'all disapprove America, Tulsa, and the electric slide. Yeah, okay. So that's what she's talking about Juneteenth, when Democrats wouldn't let blacks become free, and then the Union Army finally made them free. It's not a black July 4th. Yeah, it is. You go online, that's pretty much what they're saying. Juneteenth is not reparations. Juneteenth is not racism vaccine. Juneteenth is not yours. Juneteenth is not the cookout. Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not have any holidays before Juneteenth. The only reason one would be against it is if they were still lamenting over the loss of slavery. So you're a confederate. Remember that. You're a confederate. You are a racist if you don't like Juneteenth. You're a piece of shit. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. No calling the police. Even if they rob your shit. Thou shalt not whitesplain. Thou shalt not take the Juneteenth name in vain. No one needs your input. The San Jose Sharks Juneteenth celebrate freedom. Thou shalt not covet the neighbors anything. Don't ask a black person for anything on Juneteenth. Remember Juneteenth and keep it holy. Don't disrespect Juneteenth by wearing kente cloth. Yeah, Democrats. Lean not into thine own understanding. You don't have to teach anyone about this holiday because you're white and you're a piece of shit. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's blackness. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not purchase gifts for thou black neighbor. And they put the power fist. Because it's not about equity or being the same it is about basically whitey is bad. Yeah, that, that's that's the sole purpose of this. That's what the root wants you to know. So now you know. Yeah, now you know. Which is it doesn't surprise none, none of this surprises me at all. Uh, Trevor Noah steals Robert Reich. So let me get this straight. Juneteenth is now a federal holiday, but laws are being acted all across the country to keep people from learning about it. No. Mm -mm. It's illegal in 15 states. That's not not true. That's not what people are doing. No. 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 No, no, no. I just want to make sure we understand. Those are the numbers. People didn't even know about it. Biden didn't know what Juneteenth was. He never did. It wasn't a thing. It was a local thing. Certain African Americans did celebrate it. Jason Whitlock. Let's get rid of the nuclear family. Yeah, that, this is all good shit. So, of course, violence broke out in numerous areas. There were shootings and beatings and shit, but none of the media is going to cover that because we quell all that violence. And we definitely quell what happened to conservative speakers in Denver. And I'll play this all together. This is a long montage. Could be hours, but I cherry-picked. Denver and Portland. 
Get off her! That's a body. Huh? Ah, oh. Yeah, that is in Spanish for sure. Oh, yeah. Dark. Stuff like one of you, Bob. And my dad and shit. I know what I'm saying. Like my dad and shit. Dark for shit. There's a pig's tail and shit. How long ago did that happen? Don't touch me or my art. Alright? I'm actually here with you guys, so I don't know why I'm getting this sort of treatment. Because but, um, you need to stop filming people. Okay. I, I came you here specifically to, to film, so... I, then you do not welcome here. You are not okay. on our side if you are filming people right. well, or don't, activists. Don't attack me again, okay? I will take your phone if you keep filming people. So I'm not
I moved it back. I c- could not do this freaking thing. It was driving me batshit crazy over here. Um, so we changed it. So as you see, Antifa is still full scale terrorizing. That that's what they do. All right, that that's what Antifa is. And there's no media. There's no media. Nothing. We're not even covering this shit. They went to Denver and they harassed everybody there. Here are the flyers that they were putting out, all right? And it was because it was a conservative conference. Um, In in the intro, you saw uh, Asians. That's a black guy beating up a woman. I forgot to talk about that. But um, these flyers here, let's, let's put this. This is okay. But, you know, we got white supremacists and shit to worry about. Nazi scum off our streets. This is the kind of shit that they're putting out. Because, you know, that, that, that makes sense. It all makes sense. Let me blow this up. Uh, the far right should never be allowed to spread their racist, misogynist, nastalistic, and genocidal ideas without being vigorously opposed. Every fascist rally aspires to be programmed or a race not. Every far right gathering provides an opportunity for a therm- Thermeto recruit, network, and coordinate. And we know from history what happens when they achieve such coordination. We must fight fascism now or we are doomed to fight a stronger version of it in the future. These groups seek to limit our freedoms. Okay, I think that's actually you. No parasara. Get organized and fight. Join us on Zoom. These are the people the media is covering for. And I can spend a whole show on just what happened in Denver. These fine stalwarts of the community. I, I once again, submit to you, the viewers of Flyover Politic Podcast. And the thing that bothers me the most about it, it's taking over the Pentagon. This is why I cover it. This kind of hooliganism, hooliganism is taken over the Pentagon. So when people do burnouts on pride flags, yeah, we get that. So he's going to get charged with a felony now. That that's what we're going to do. That that's a felony. Then we have browser. And once again, crime through the roof. It's out of control. Marquisha Bottoms or browser Bottoms, what's the difference? Lifting COVID. That's how she's handling crime. Chicago mayor blaming racism and guns. AR-15 are to be blamed for all the death and carnage in her city. We got bullets fired at cops in synagogues. That that doesn't make it. They're going to let hundreds of New York City looters and rioters off the hook, just like Biden did. Because, you know, somehow that makes sense. 
you saw the Proud Boys, and th- that's not what it was. That's the title of this article. But the reality is these people were at an event, and they just came up and started pepper spray or bear spraying them because <laughs> that's what you do. You just bear spray people. It's okay. And then the cops had to come in and bear spray everybody. They'll get. They'll be the one to blame. In your intro, Maxine Waters later on in that soundbite says that Trump campaign organized. I mean, zero proof, but he organized the riot. Yeah, okay. There's no proof of that. The report came out and said there wasn't. And all the while, while this is violence is happening and we have this just craziness all over our country, this is from Brian Steltzer. Assault on Democracy. It's a title of an ambitious new CNN documentary that's premiering Sunday at 9 p.m. The Roots of Trump's Insurrection. These roots run deep into the right-wing media dirt. The influence of mega TV, the radical right web, and social media is highlighted throughout the special. Four employees of former employees of Infowars and Breibart discuss the profit and political motives of their owners, leaders. It's important to connect the dots, say, from election of Barack Obama and Rush Limbaugh, I and hope he fails, through Breibart's massive influence on the former president and thus his followers, said Patricia DiCarlio. Trump shared more articles with Breitbart than any other source, she notes. Right-wing media helped keep alive the lie that the election was stolen. What about the four years of Russia stole it? Trump's the Russian collusion stuff. We're not going to talk about that? Okay. Regarding the riot, we went behind the numbers, behind the court case, and actually talked to the people who were in charge. Is that even now, even facing tremendous charges, some of them don't feel any remorse. It's sad when you think about how inevitable January 6th not felt in hindsight. Trump lies were always going to lead to the violence. When I Googled assault on democracy on Sunday, one of the first results was January 2018 report by Freedom House. Stark warning that democracy is under assault and retreat around the globe. A crisis intensified because of Trump. It wasn't a biased article. Playboy running this out because he's Satan's fluffer. A self-centered, narcissistic criminal taking advantage of the system to feather his own traitor's putrid, foul-smelling, despotic, cancerous, moral, crippling, rancid nest. He's a journalist, though. Back in the White House. Yeah. He, he gets asked questions. That That's all a lie. He, he didn't do it like Nancy Pelosi or uh, Feinstein or any of these. Uh, Barack Obama got rich. While he was in office, his mom died. It's been debunked so many times. I, I don't even have a slide to say it's been debunked. We know it's debunked. But you know why? Why would we? Why be honest? We have to deflect off what our side's doing. Did defund the police? We'll be safer if we do. That's what they were saying a year ago, everyone in charge. It was lunacy. And precisely because it was lunacy, no one was allowed to disagree with it. Here's the formula. The more self-evidently absurd a statement is, the more clearly untrue, the more viciously they have to attack anyone who points out that it's untrue, who dissents. Trans women are women. 
January 6th was an insurrection to fund the police. It's childish. It's all so ridiculous, and no sane person believes a word of it. But until the fever of the moment passes, most people who have no power feel obligated to play along with whatever orthodoxy it is until reality reemerges as inevitably it does because you can't beat nature. In the case of crime, that may be happening now. The White House announced today that on Wednesday of this week, Joe Biden will outline a new plan to fight rising crime rates, which are skyrocketing, and the body counts that accompany them. Now, we haven't seen the plan. We can't know what's in it. The White House won't tell us. But we do have two fairly informed guesses for what we're going to discover on Wednesday. First, there will be no apologies. You will not hear Joe Biden beg forgiveness from the thousands of families whose loved ones have been killed by the Democratic Party's nihilistic embrace of crime and disorder. Looting is reparations. You go, looters. They should apologize for that. They never will. The left's ideology destroyed America's cities, but they will never under any circumstances admit that, ever. Instead, they will blame you. That's guaranteed. Our second guess is this. Whatever Democrats propose to fix the problems that they created will, in the end, make them more powerful. See how that works? They create a problem and the solution empowers them. That's always the way it goes. So with that in mind, we expect Joe Biden to remind us on Wednesday who the real criminals are, who the threat is. People who didn't vote for Joe Biden, or as Joe Biden himself puts it, white supremacists. We've taken steps to acknowledge and address systemic racism and the scourge of white supremacy in our own country. Yes, forced us to confront systemic racism and white supremacy. It's just been weeks since all of America witnessed a group of thugs, insurrectionists, a political extremist and white supremacists violently attack the capital of our democracy. I believe we're in a battle for the soul of this nation. And the simple truth is, our soul will be troubled as long as systemic racism is allowed to persist. Yes, white supremacy is America's biggest problem. And as we've noted many times before, we still don't know, despite fervent and sincere efforts to find out what a white supremacist is. The White House has not told us. They have refused. So as of tonight, that remains a term without definition. By the way, if you've got a definition, send it to us. We'll read it on the air. But they don't need a definition. They keep screaming, it's the greatest threat we face. So because we're highly literal on this show, we believe in language, we went searching for the numbers. Are there numbers to prove that? Because there are numbers on everything. Well, they're busy trying to create those numbers now. But for the moment, here's what we've got. Researchers at the University of Maryland run something called the Global Terrorism Database. Some of the data they produce are clearly highly political. For example, they count the Parkland school shooting as an act of white supremacist violence. It wasn't. There's no evidence that it was. How could you say that? But they say it anyway. So the numbers they have are inflated. And yet, the researchers at the University of Maryland could find fewer than 70 people in the entire country who died from white supremacist violence over the entire period between 2015 and 2019. How many people is that? Well, of course, it's too many. Any death is too many. But for some perspective, more people die in this country every year from lightning strikes. Literally. Look it up. So no, white supremacist violence, bad as it may be, is not a major threat. It's not even on the list, actually. What's at the top of the list? Well, let's see. Crime. Crime tops the list. There's no second place on that list. 
In the year 2019 alone, there were more than 10,000 arrests for murder in this country. By the way, more murders than that, but 10,000 were arrested. Just in 2020, last year, more than 750 people were murdered just in the city of Chicago. 750. And we can say, not that anyone's asking, but in case you're wondering, with some confidence that the overwhelming majority of those suspects in the city of Chicago were not practicing white supremacists or members of QAnon. How do we know this? Well, an informed guess, but in some cases there's video. For example, this show has obtained exclusive surveillance footage of a shooting that took place this weekend, a horrifying shooting on the northwest side of Chicago. This one took place right after Puerto Rican Day Parade there. You may, may have seen abbreviated version of this clip on social media today. We have the full version. It's on your screen as we speak. It's taken directly from a closed circuit television camera in the city of Chicago. Now, as you watch this, ask yourself, what country is that? It's America. It's not some third world hellhole. It's not Haiti. It's a major street in your third largest city. So a couple with a Puerto Rican flag waving from their car, apparently minding their own business, ambushed by a mob, dragged from the car and shot execution style right in the middle of the road. The men who shoot them take off. And then maybe the worst part, the victims just lie there bleeding because nobody comes to help. Again, what country is this? Who's running it? And why haven't we brought those people up on felony neglect charges? They deserve it. If we accept a country where things like this happen, then we are the savages. We should not accept it. Joe Biden does, though. He hasn't said a word about that shooting, and he won't, because there are no white supremacists to blame. It's one crime he'll never mention. Here's podcam video of the horrific altercation. The brother who didn't want to be identified says his brother had rear-ended a parked car. After that, a group of up to six men inside of that car jumped out, started attacking them, and also throwing up gang signs. 24-year-old Giovanni Arzugo was shot in the head, hip, and thigh. He died at St. Mary's Hospital. His wife, 23-year-old Yasmin Perez, was shot in the neck and remains in critical condition. Shot in the neck and just laid there with no one helping. But that wasn't the only shooting this weekend in Chicago, far from it. In Chicago, a city, by the way, that just banned its own police from chasing suspects on foot, in all, 54 people were shot in Chicago this weekend. And it wasn't just happening there. Chicago gets a lot of attention, but it's not constrained to Chicago. In New York, where the geniuses also defunded the police, Surveillance footage shows two children were nearly shot to death on Thursday in the middle of an attempted murder in the middle of the day. Watch this. This disturbing surveillance video shows a gunman firing his weapon at a 24-year-old man inches away from two young children, brother and sister, ages 10 and 5. It happened in broad daylight Thursday. The kids were walking to this bodega before they were caught in the middle of this. At one point, you can see the sister trying to shield her younger brother with her own body. So normal people watching that would say to themselves, whatever we're doing, we have to change. You, you can't have things like this. Innocent people are getting killed. Even guilty people are getting killed. People are getting killed flat out. And we can't have that because we're a civilized society. This is a decent nation. And you, the one thing you can't allow is that. And yet that's not the conclusion they're reaching. By the way, new polling, there's a mayor's race going on in the city of New York right now. The primary is tomorrow, which in effect is the election because it's a democratically controlled city. 
Fewer than 20% of New Yorkers would like to see fewer cops on the street. So most people aren't with for this at all, because it's insane. But the people in charge apparently haven't noticed. So now, New York may change its approach even further in the wrong direction. Just days ago, officials in the city announced they were dropping charges against hundreds of rioters and looters who were arrested last year. So you wreck the city and you're not punished. It's scary, but it's not as scary as the attitudes on display in this clip. This really gets you asking deep questions about the future of the country. This is from Oakland, California. Now, several people were shot. One died during Juneteenth celebrations this weekend. That's bad. But the worst part is how people in the neighborhood reacted. They didn't seem bothered at all. Here's how they responded to the ambulance when it arrived. Last week, we showed you footage of people in Chicago dancing on a police cruiser, and now we have this. Sociopaths, and that is the word for them, celebrating a shooting by twerking. If you keep talking about white supremacy that you can't show, you don't define, there are no white supremacists going out shooting people, you cover up for this. I mean, just look at that. The increase in crime. And the thing that's scary about this, and nobody wants to talk about it, is Atlanta had 58% increase, or 40% increase, or sorry, 20% increase of shooting and homicides last year during a lockdown. So even during a lockdown, people were going out shooting each other. They won't cover this. They're never going to cover it. But they will, this fucking shit is our media in a nutshell. Good evening to you now. And we're going to get right to some developing news that is coming to our newsroom about a possible car or truck driving into the parade that is happening or was happening right now up in Wilton Manors to celebrate pride. And I understand Local 10's Christian De La Rosa is on the ground there and actually may have witnessed some of what uh, we're hearing about. Christian, can you hear me right now? Laren, yes, and uh, my apologies to the viewers if I sound a little bit disturbed because this is something that we just witnessed moments ago. Here's what I can tell you. Uh, the parade, the pride parade here in Wilton Manors was just kicking off past 7 o'clock. Uh, when a white pickup truck who was essentially lined up along with several other floats hit the gas, went across the street into a business, uh, and as it went, it ran over two people, two people that were standing by to take part in the parade, and this happened, I want to say, maybe 50 feet behind me. So I, as soon as I heard the truck, I turned around and saw the two victims. First responders rushed in to help the two people that were on the ground, and police officers ran towards that white pickup truck. I can tell you the driver of that pickup truck is in custody. I want to believe that this was an accident. But from speaking to people and just 
observing and analyzing the situation, it may have not been. All of this, again, just happened, and an investigation obviously uh, beginning as we speak. What I'm hearing from witnesses is that it appears that the pickup truck was attempting to collide into Congresswoman De- Debbie Wasserman Schultz's vehicle. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was essentially on a vehicle about to take part in the parade. That pickup truck missed Debbie Wasserman Schultz's vehicle by just uh, inches. Um, she is here clearly very disturbed at the thought that she may have been a target in all of this. I can tell you as far as the parade, things are at at a complete standstill. We're on Wilton Drive, just past 16th Street. If you know the area, there is a bridge that is painted in several different colors, almost as in a rainbow. So this is the area that we're talking about. The parade is at a standstill. Um, This has become essentially a homicide scene as investigators are beginning to try to piece together what happened. Again, they have the driver in custody, and I just hope that the two people that are hurt here are going to be okay. And speaking of those people, Christian, just so that you know, on the screen right now is some of the video that you sent into the newsroom showing first responders working to resuscitate. So we're going to put that disclaimer out there right now. This video is literally coming into our newsroom raw. Christian, I believe, is the person who shot this on his cell phone as first responders rushed in to help the victims of this situation. And thank you, Christian, for that report. And he also sent video of Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the back of her convertible as they were participating in that parade. And again, this parade was set to start at seven o'clock. So this happened right as this parade, the pride parade there in Wilton Manors was getting underway. And as you heard there, Christian say it appears someone driving a white pickup truck drove into this parade or these parade participants ultimately hitting at least two people. You saw video of officers, first responders doing CPR, trying to make sure that the person that was on the ground or that victim is going to be or trying to make sure that they are as okay as possible. We do have crews headed there to get some more information there. Is Christian still on the line? I'm here. I'm here, Lauren. Christian, do you have any sense? You said that person was still uh, is now in custody. Who is this? A male? Is this a female? Um, were you there when this particular apprehension took place? Can you tell us more about what you saw when it comes to this person being taken into custody by police there in Wilton? All right. So just to recap, just to recap for those uh, viewers just tuning in, um, as you said, this was the Wilton Manors Pride Parade. Uh, just getting started around 7 o'clock, a man in a white pickup truck that was essentially lined up uh, as part of the floats and the vehicles that are taking part in this parade hit the gas. We heard him hit the gas, swerved out of the lineup. It appeared that it was aiming towards Debbie Wasserman Schultz's convertible, missed the convertible, and on its way across the street, hit two people, ran over two people. Um, The driver, a man, is in custody. The man, uh, the driver appeared to be part of the parade. He had a T-shirt 
uh, that said Pride and had rainbow colors in it. So, you know, was this a mistake? Was this an accident? Again, I want to believe it was, but it does not appear. I'm speaking to you as a reporter on the scene and also someone who witnessed uh, this, this tragedy that's unfolding in front of us. Um, we're not sure. A lot of witnesses here say it appears that it was deliberate. Some people go, are going as far as saying that this is a terrorist attack in this pride parade. Two people hurt. Again, we hope they're okay. We don't know if they're going to make it. But again, it does appear that officers, investigators have the situation under control. The area is right now effectively on lockdown. Uh, police tape uh, is, is across the street. People are being asked to stay away, get off the street for their own safety. There is a police helicopter up above. Uh, it does not appear that they're looking for anybody else. I can tell you that. And um, you mentioned some of these witnesses and the speculation and the feelings that, that they're expressing to you. I, I, I believe one of those individuals you spoke with was who, Mayor Dean Trentalis with Fort Lauderdale, who also witnessed this. Is that correct? Can you iterate to us what he iterated to you? So I was on one side of the street. Mayor Dean Trentalis was on the other side of the street. As, as soon as the pickup truck ran across the street, hit the two victims, um, police officers ordered everyone um, on my side of the street to run across the street. We ran. Um, the first person I saw was uh, Fort Lauderdale Mayor Dean Trantalis. And uh, he was, a, he had just obviously witnessed from his vantage point this pickup truck hit the gas. Uh, he is convinced that this was deliberate. Again, this is a, uh, a first-hand witness account coming from Mayor Dean Trentalis. Very difficult to believe that this was an accident when you consider, you see the driver in some of the video that I recorded on my phone. Uh, he appears to be just fine. Uh, it's not like he, again, this is just from what we can collect from what we are, uh, you know, what we've seen, what we've witnessed. He appears to be just fine. So whether this was a medical episode, an accident, you know, again, we hope that that's the case, but that's not what it appears, again, from, from what we're hearing from people around me and Mayor Dean Trentalis, who witnessed uh, this as, as well as dozens of other people who are here right now I can tell you the atmosphere is everyone's in shock no one knows exactly everyone's staying put no one really knows how to process this uh, keep in mind this is a pride parade right people are here to have fun right to celebrate the LGBTQ community so it's quite shocking no one knows how this is going to develop into the night, but I can tell you, you know, any plans of a pride parade at this point appear to be either on hold or canceled as this, as 
this investigation gets underway. Right. And therein lies the issue, right? This, the tone has certainly shifted as this was supposed to be a celebration of pride here in our own South Florida community there in Wilton Manors. Now Wilton Drive essentially shut down as the parade was starting. Uh, now to South Florida where more details are coming to light about this weekend's tragedy at a pride parade near Fort Lauderdale. This shocking moment when a pickup truck suddenly accelerated and crashed after hitting a group of people. One man was killed, another is badly hurt, and we're learning more now about who was behind the wheel. CNN's Natasha Chen is near the place where the crash happened. Uh, Natasha, fill us in. It, it turns out this may not have been intentional, it sounds like, from what the police are saying. That's right. Yeah, Jim, we are standing at the border of Fort Lauderdale and Wilton Manors, and the Wilton Manors police chief issued a statement this afternoon saying that we now know yesterday's incident was a tragic accident and not a criminal act directed at any one person or group of individuals. The Fort Lauderdale police have also issued some more details of what happened, saying this was a 77-year-old driver in a white pickup truck. He was going to be a participant in the parade uh, and was not planning to walk in the procession, but he was going to drive that car in this procession. And so when he started moving the car forward to the start of the parade, uh, it suddenly accelerated and uh, it unfortunately hit two pedestrians, uh, striking them across the street there. And then he plowed into that garden center that you see with the... So, of course, right off the bat, when this happened, the left went into what they usually do. Let's make it about the right. Because they had no facts. They didn't know the Fort Lauderdale mayor literally blamed, you know, this is going to be a terrorist attack before he had any facts. And media was right with them. Here's what he said. Last evening at the start what was a celebration of pride for the LGBT community and commemoration of our hard-won victories for equality, our community faced the worst of tragedies. The grief of our LGBT community and greater Fort Lauderdale as a whole uh, uh, is palpable. I was an eyewitness to the horrifying events. It terrorized me all around me. I reported that I saw to law enforcement and had strong concerns about what transpired. Concerns for the safety of my community. I feared it could be intentional-based and what, what I saw from mere feet away. Law enforcement took what appeared obvious to me and others nearby and investigated further. As is their job, as the fact continued to be placed together, a picture emerged of an accident which a truck careened out of control. As a result, one man died, two others were injured. My statement following yesterday's events in Wilton. This was a terrorist attack against the LGBTQ community. He came here to destroy people. This was clearly no accident. Fort Lauderdale mayor, truck running in a pride parade, was a terrorist attack against the LGBTQ community. Dean Tanaz appears not to be taking any responsibility for giving in a record st- recorded statement that turned out to be totally false. How about apologies to your constituents and some self-reflection about what it means to be a leader during a crisis? He literally was no different than the media. Nobody will put up sound bites, so I didn't get them. But it was an accident. The guy was in the parade wearing gay pride outfit. We never 
took that into account. This mayor saw a car accident and then made a public statement with no evidence that it was a terrorist attack. This is unacceptable for a public official. Of course it is. Of course. Why wouldn't we? We we have to take control of it. But what bothered me even worse and why I'm covering it, because we already know whenever they can say some kind of violence is right-wing, white supremacist, Nazism, to cover up for the violence in extremism on the left that's happened ever since George Floyd, ever since that cop put the knee on his neck, we've had nothing but violence. Twitter took off with it. They let a Twitter thread, or Twitter death santist, trend. It was okay. Driver and victim parade, blah, 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 blah. The truth comes out. In this article, let me blow it up. Sorry, I'm, I'm having slide problems today. I'm having camera problems. I, I just got problems. One man was killed, another injured when they were run over by a pickup. Stonewall Pride Parade in Milton Manors was just getting started. The white pickup truck. Well, that's it right there. It's a white truck. So you know if it's a white truck, it's a white supremacist. Blah, blah, blah. The chorus, the president said through spokesman, uh, police took the man who was driving the truck into custody and were questioning him. He was wearing a Fort Lauderdale gay men's chorus t-shirt. He was a covert. But when you say there's covert antifod, you know, and BLM at Trump shit, you're a fucking, okay, yeah, okay. Fort Lauderdale Gaines Men Course released a statement saying the victim and the driver, uh, pride parade crash, are members of the Course family. They said the incident was not an attack. Our thoughts and prayers are with those affected by the tragedy. Evidence is increasing, including a public apology from local gay men's chorus that the truck that drove in the crowd was a tragic accident. Seeing politician and advocate groups jump to conclusions deserves scrutiny. You'd think they'd learn not to leap to stupid conclusions after Covington. No. The lie is still spreading. This is no mistake. The people spreading the lie are hurting the country and putting a monkey on someone's back that we all know is very hard to get off. I wonder where they got this idea from. This rests solely on death Santist. It's time for Florida legislators and constituents to stand up against corrupt and charge DeSantis with criminal negligent murder immediately. We all knew this would happen. Ron DeSantis told people they could do this. He literally signed a bill telling people this was an acceptable form of counter-protest. Death Santis will be responsible for many more deaths before the law is repealed. Yeah, that's what the law said. Go kill gay people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Santis has failed Floridians. Instead of getting mad at Death Santis, remove them. I could drive a truck through Ron DeSantis' integrity without hitting a thing. Governor Ron DeSantis made it legal to run over protesters in Florida. He was warned it would lead to murderous actions. Sign in law anyway. Now two are dead. They were just marching in a pride parade. Death Santis has blood on his corrupt hands. Understand, after it was found, 
and once again, it has on the heels of this one. Twitter never took it down. It was late evening when I saw it. Tens of thousands of death Santas. It was trending until they finally got enough comments from people going, hey, are you going to take this down? Ever? Man kill, woman critically injured in shooting in Humboldt Park. That was the video I keep showing. They pulled him out of a Puerto Rican flag, or Puerto Rican parade. And the media didn't cover that one because it was black people. Okay. And then we have the real media, the real journalist, Maggie Haberman, retweeting this. Two hit by a truck that was aiming for Representative Demi Washington Schultz car in person is dead. This is a terrorist attack against the LGBT community. Deliberate. It was premeditated. It was targeted against a specific person, says authorities. No authority said that. I tweeted this. You banned POTUS news agencies to stop Biden-Harris from losing. Brian Seltzer has a show book no one watches reads about disinformation. Now an accident, not an attack, lets this trend. So disinformation only matters when it hurts your ideology? Is, is that where we're at? Because it sure the fuck looks like it. They let that shit trend forever. Maggie fucking Haberman literally defends what she did. And I I don't have the picture, so I'm going to blow this up to read it. It was right to call out the mayor for this rather newsworthy, but as it turns out, not grounded in fact statement. It's blaming of the media for the mere act of reporting it that makes it a logical leap. Kind of blaming reporters for covering a president's remark. So she turned it into Trump. It's a Trumpism. Horseshit. This has been like liked a bunch of times. You guys do this all the time. When it helps your party look good, own the cons. When it backfires, you play Republicans pounce. I'm not Meg, I'm not GOP, but you're a Democrat and it shows reporting and you're tweeting. 100%. 100 fucking percent. 100%. I I don't know how they can get away with it. All the violence I'm showing you, but and in the intro, Palestinians saying we don't want two states. All of this is fr- in front of them. But what did I get yesterday? Unmasking the far right. An extremist paid a price when his identity was exposed online after a violent clash in Washington. They're still clinging to January 6th, just like never Trumpers. Because they want, they don't want people to be part of the party for the never-Trumpers. And they want to keep deflecting off their heinous conduct. As Tucker said, it's less than 20% or for fucking all this stupid shit. I, I've been saying 18% forever on the show. And I totally concur with it. I think it's 18% of the country wants the country destroy. And less than that. As we segue, not a very good segue. One live birth abortion. Father Martin, I mean, this is not a new position for President Biden, and he's been in public life for nearly half a century and been a Catholic all that time. Why do you think the Bishops' Conference made this move now? 
Well, I think, uh, you know, because he's president now, he has much of, more of a high profile. And they felt, some of the bishops felt, that their own credibility was on the line and the church's credibility is on the line. But, uh, you know, there are also other issues that other politicians have not, other Catholic politicians have not agreed with the church on. You know, for example, the death penalty. You had someone like Attorney General Barr, you know, ordering executions, and there wasn't talk about this. So, uh, unfortunately, many of the bishops in the bishops' conference meeting mention President Biden and Speaker Pelosi, and, you know, it makes it very difficult for people to move away from the assumption that at least some of this is politically motivated. That's interesting. I, Congressman Kennedy, I mean, do you think politics is, is at play here? Look, I, I would agree with uh, Father Martin. I tried never to disagree with him <laughs> as much as I can. Look, I think I think it's hard to, uh, particularly when we see the juxtaposition here of the lack of criticism from other high-profile Republican office holders or appointees. And you know, I, I can understand on the one hand the logic of saying President Biden is a president; he's a practicing Catholic. We need to uh, clarify these doctrines. Fine. It is odd when you compare the devotion of President Biden to his faith with the behavior of former President Trump. Let's talk politics now. Joe Biden went to church this weekend amidst news that Catholic bishops here in America are pushing to allow priests to deny the president communion over his support of abortion rights. ABC's Mary Alice Parks right there at the White House with much more on the backlash we're seeing from Catholic Democrats. Mary Alice, good morning. Good morning, Dan. That's right. The president made clear he's not planning to change his routine in the face of this debate among American Catholic bishops. We saw him going to mass yesterday like he does almost every week in his hometown parish of St. Joseph's there in Wilmington. You see him. But this weekend, we've seen swift reaction, especially among Democrats coming to the president's defense. We saw 60 Catholic Democratic members of Congress writing a letter defending the president, urging bishops not to go down this road. California Congressman Ted Lieu, he took to Twitter and he called the bishops hypocrites. And I know the women on this show disagree with me, but as far as I'm concerned, abortion is murder, and that means the government funding of killing of the unborn, and we have to, as uh, pro-lifers, fight for the rights of the unborn. And that is a doctrine that's as old as the Catholic Church itself. So he has to choose, uh, you know, if he, his, his official stance, by the way, is he's politically opposed or personally opposed to abortion, but doesn't feel that he had the right to impose this view on the rest of the country. And it just forced someone who claims to be pro-life. I never understand this argument. It's like saying I'm personally opposed to murder, but if you want to murder a little bit, it's fine because it's not my problem. It doesn't register with me. I don't get it. So it's ultimately up to the church, but he's walking a very fine line here. And ultimately, all of these issues are, are literally life and death for Catholics, for devout Christians. And he's going to have to ultimately talk to his creator when the time comes, as we all do, and, and reconcile his politics with his, with his personal faith. And, and I, I believe that he's doing grave spiritual harm to himself. And um, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Are you asking me if the president supports a woman's right to choose? He does. Go ahead. Um, I'm with CNS News. The Supreme Court this fall will review a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Let me just say that I'm a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I am a mother of five children in six years. I think I have some standing on this issue as to respecting a woman's right to choose. Is it a human being? Yes. Yeah, yes, ma'am.
What the fuck? Hey, this is Joni Ernst, too. She hangs out and sips champagne with those motherfuckers. So, we can't say that a baby is alive at 15 weeks, all right? So, I'm going to flip ahead really quick, because we're going to go through this really quick. We've done it before, but we will. World's most premature baby has celebrated his first birthday after beating the odds. Hmm. How young was he? Let's find out. Hmm. A baby born weighing less than a pound, five months prematurely. So that's for uh, five months, four times. We'll, we'll add a couple, like 10 weeks. Or five, no, it would be uh, four times four, 16, 17 weeks. We'll give them 17 weeks. But yeah, they they won't say for fifteen. Hmm, that, that's that's pretty fucking interesting right there. And they're not with the country. They're just not with the country. Now this this is the only one I can pull out. I'll blow it up. And these are these are the stats we've done before. Yes, around six to ten adults say it should be legal in all or most cases. While abortion has long divided political parties, the partisans gap is wider than in the past. Democrats leaning independents are much more likely than Republicans. So it's 80 to 35. This 45% gap is up from 33.2016. Attitudes about whether abortion should be legal vary widely by religious affiliation. Around three quarters of white evangelicals say it should be illegal in all or most cases, while 21% say it should be legal. By comparison, 63% majority of white Protestants are not evangelicals, say abortion should be legal in all and most cases. Catholics' view are more narrowly split. 55 favor legal, 43 do not. Relig- religious unaffiliated Americans overwhelmingly say kill the baby because I don't give a fuck and I, there's no repercussions for what I do. Sizable minorities of Republicans and Democrats in 2019 survey that they did not agree with the dominant position on abortion policy of their party. About one-third of Republicans or GOP leaners said they did not agree with their party on abortion, 35%. This includes about one in four. I guess I should flip, flip along here, sorry. One in four. Uh, I'm sorry. This includes about one in ten who said they agree with the Democrat Party on abortion, and 23% who said they did not agree with their party. Among Democrats and those who lean towards the party, 29% did not agree with their party on abortion, including 7% said they agree with the GOP, and 22% who said they didn't agree with either party. They always throw in the Democrats with less education, more likely split with their party on abortion. So you're not educated unless you believe killing a baby is a good thing. Of course, we always have that and everything. When it comes to land court rulings, 7 in 10 said the count, the center's 2019 survey that would not likely see the Supreme Court completely overturn Roe v. Wade. In December 2017, certainly, roughly halfly of American 48 said having an abortion is morally wrong, while 20% said it's morally acceptable, and 31 said it's not a moral issue. So people still aren't for it. Unasked in here is the weeks, and they do that on purpose because... Pew doesn't want to get into the sauce. They break down religious affiliation, race, and things like that, but they're not going to break down anything else because they don't want to get in the sauce. But I would tell you that if you 
were to do a survey right now, even with young Americans, you would find more people, because there's the other one where 76% of Americans said we shouldn't pay for it, and 70% of Americans said they don't believe in third trimester abortions. I'm pretty liberal, and my family, I'm liberal on this, all right? My mom and sister are for total repeal of abortion. Should not be able to have an abortion. They're not for abortions. My uh, wife, totally against it. I don't think it should be banned because they're going to, we've already gone down this road. Democrats are going to do what the fuck they want, regardless of what the laws are. They ignore laws. But I strongly believe at 23 weeks, you should make your decision. Even with rape and incest and all the flyers they attach to it. By six months, you should have decided what I want to do. Keep the baby or not. This isn't one of those, this isn't fries. You know, we're not talking fries with your happy meal that you just don't want. So this is all being brought down because Biden says Catholic bishops won't vote them. And they're going to. And from last I heard, they did. They advanced plan to deny communion to any politician who's for abortion. So Ted Lieu being the butch that he is, I'm Catholic, I support contraception, women's right to choose, treatment for infertility, the right for people to get a divorce, the right of same-sex marriage. Next time I go to church, I dare you to deny me communion. They did not pass anything. There was no proposal on communion. This is as of June 18th. They passed an action item moving forward on a drafting statement. This isn't a crow-ear level of Catholic illiteracy from the gray lady, but it's up there. And, of course, everybody's going with it. Then you're not actually Catholic, signed a woman that went through a nearly a decade of illicit fertility care and still knows she's a sinner unworthy of the Eucharist except by the great mercy of Christ. The Eucharist is a privilege, not a right you're entitled to. You're boasting about how you are not how you are not in communion with the church, you just, yet you insist on receiving the body and blood of Christ and affirming that you are a communion with church. I don't get it. <clears throat> Others. Dear United, UCCB, how dare you try to hold me to the tenets of the faith? Challenging God to own the cons. The media was up in arms. The president is observant Catholic, regularly attends mass, crossing himself and using rosary beads. He's also a liberal, and that's stirring up the Catholic bishop fighting cultural battles within the church. Deeply Catholic president finds himself at odds with many U.S. bishops. Deeply Catholic. He is so Catholic. But... All they can run out is bumper stickers. Bumper stickers. That's all it is. It's bumper sticker bullshit. It's not real. New York Times came out with another one. Lifetime steeped in Christian Christian rituals and practice and saying how Catholic he is. I mean, there were so many articles on this. But as you know on the show... They hate Christianity. They hate the military. Well, they don't hate the military now because they're trying to take it over and woke it. 
But they hate Christianity. They always have. There's all sorts of article. Probably all don't. But listen to the video, which NH Republican State Rep. David Bates calls upon people to reopen. We hope you appreciate our content, blah, 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 blah. And this is a article that they put out with no real premise. It wasn't that good. That's why I'm not going to read it. The progressive love of Islam. We know this because every time an Islamic person gets, even though they throw people off the top of fucking roofs, it's okay. Interesting dichotomy of when I was doing this and how I got these stories. If you went to Google, you got this. It's the right driving liberals away from religion with their tenets and stuff. It's just, no, you're bad. Ten reasons why liberals hate Christians. This one kind of goes into the holier-than-thou shit. But I did take this out. Liberals are relativists and hate Christians because Christians believe in absolute truth. Liberals do not want anyone to say that immoral immorality is immoral. Liberals are selfish and more interested in their feelings than they are within the right or wrong. Liberals misunderstand what Christians really believe. Since liberals see themselves as the superior and enlightened ones, they do not recognize that taking a position against their own position is not automatically hate. Liberals do not want to listen to what makes sense. They would rather listen to their senses. Liberals ignore the clear evidence of the results of their philosophical positions influenced on the last 40 years. And it's been a social disaster and they do not want to hear it. They see Christians as intellectually inferior. That's so true. Liberals see Christians as wanting to impose a religion on them when the truth is liberals who have used the court system to impose their secular humanism on Christians. And that, that is the, one of the most truest statements you'll ever hear. The days of your sinner repent are so gone. Yeah, maybe some parts of the South, but you don't have, you don't have Republicans going up and going, hey, If you don't believe in God, you're not an American. It was pretty much a, that was a truism of the Republican Party back when I was a kid. And 10, liberals are spiritually lost and blind to the faith of the gospel. Consider the following Bible verse. But the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And I totally concur with that statement. I just don't think. It's a hate thing. It comes back to voting. I mean, we we do a woke today, which I'm going to try to sneak in. Sheldon Whitehouse. Northam. My God. I mean, we just had a lady from the office cancel for going to an event that used to be racist but wasn't racist. And she didn't even know it was racist and didn't know any of the history of the racism. And we canceled her. She's gone. Bye-bye. But Coonman Northman, man, he's the shit in the in the Democratic Party. And we went through a year of this. Religious nationalism and the coronavirus pandemic. Soul-sucking evangelicals at Branch Covidians make America sick again. That's a real article. NCBI. Churches were closed. And then in my Google searching... Christians are more than twice as likely to blame persons' poverty on lack of effort. Mm. This winner, winner, chicken dinner from NPR. How would Jesus vote with a gay guy? 
you get what they're doing there? It's time to talk about Christian extremism. This is all things I got with why do liberals hate people. A shitload of this. False idols, why the Christian right worships Donald Trump. This article, finally admit they hate Christians with one tweet. Let's elect. It said it. We put this on the show. They they hate you. They want to change what it means to be a Christian. This is 100% true. It's always true because they change everything about the religion because they don't want you to follow the tenets. It doesn't condone with their their morals. Is Christianity to blame for everything bad in the world? And this was an op-ed that, of course, says no. But over the last year, you've had this. Let's blame Christians for everything and Islam for nothing. The seven dumbest things Democrats demand you believe. And it's the usual shit. Men aren't men and women aren't women. And fucking no way there could be creationism. So I turned to smarter than I people. And here's some of the reasons the left hates Christians. A number of years ago, J. Gresham Machen at Westminster Theological Seminary wrote a very well-known book, which has become famous over the years, called Christianity and Liberalism. Uh, And that really is a book that needs to be read more and more today, because what Machen argued in, in his book is that in his time period, there was a version of Christianity, a type of Christianity that was presenting itself as a real option for what to believe. But when you really look down at the core beliefs within it, it wasn't really Christianity at all. In fact, it was just a different version of the faith altogether. Um, in fact, Machen wrote this whole book to try to warn people against that, that version of the faith. Well, in the modern day, there's something very similar still happening. And we may not call it liberal Christianity today, although there's a sense in which that's true. But really, the term now is progressive Christianity. It's a, it's a version of Christianity that sort of sells itself as a valid option for Christians, that, that on the surface looks a lot like the Christian worldview and may seem in the eyes of many people to be more acceptable, more, more likable, a really more palatable version of the faith. But again, like in Machen's day, when you really bore down into it, you realize there's some really serious problems there. So one of the common questions is, how do I spot that progressive Christianity when it looks so much like true Christianity? Well, just a few uh, tidbits for you. Uh, One of the sort of hallmarks of progressive Christianity is the way they view Jesus. Sort of the orthodox view of of Jesus, of course, that he's the divine son of God and worthy of our worship uh, and worthy of our adoration and to be praised uh, as God. Um, But, of course, that's not what progressive Christians believe. They believe that Jesus isn't so much the divine Son of God, um, but rather just a moral example for us to follow. Jesus is more of of a big brother that sets a pattern that we walk in his footsteps. And that's partly true, of course. We do follow Jesus' example. But progressive Christians make that the main thing. Jesus is just a, a picture of what we can be and what we can do and that his main point is just to set an example for us. So the lowering of Jesus is sort of the first mark of progressive Christianity. And tightly tied to that, as I've already suggested, is a second mark, which is this big focus on moralism. Um, if you don't have any sort of sense of uh, Jesus as someone to be worshipped, then he's just someone to be emulated. So the highest goal of the Christian life for progressive Christianity is that you're just to be a good person. Uh, you should just follow certain rules. 
Uh, you should be kind to your neighbor. And so you're not really left with a gospel of salvation. You're left with a moral code, and it really reduces to sort of this moralistic religion. And then the third mark is tightly close to that, too, which is if you think you can be a good person, you must have a very low view of sin, which is another thing that progressive Christianity has, which is this idea that, well, people aren't really that fallen. They're not, they're not really that bad. There's not really anything marring us that we're all good people at, at the core and therefore really do have an opportunity um, to be uh, even better. Um, and so you'll find that in progressive uh, Christian circles, there's a downplaying of, of the word sin. There's certainly no interest in talking about the wrath of God on sin. God is not portrayed as at all disturbed by or upset with sin. Um, and these are sort of the classic hallmarks of progressive Christianity. Now, when you wrap all that up, you're left with something that's not really Christianity at all at the end. If you don't have a divine Jesus, and if you reduce it all to moralism, and there's no real fall or sin, then the cross isn't really anything that saves you. Uh, when you look at the cross, it's just a good example of a good person. It's not really good news. That's what's really sad about progressive Christianity. At the end of the day, it's, it's really not good news at all. It's really that it's all up to you. Uh, and if it's all up to us, that's, that's bad news. But of course, the real gospel is good news, that it's all done and completed in the great and finished work of Christ. There was a New York Times op-ed that blamed evangelicals for the coronavirus. They have raked the MyPillow guy over the coals for simply saying something about God and the Bible. And so we see so many parallels between every communist regime that's out there, um, every socialist regime that's out there, and the propaganda that's been peddled by these socialist and communist regimes to some, not all, some of the media in the United States still trying to push that kind of message. I mean, you have AOC who got on her Instagram live and was talking uh, about how important it is, you know, to push the progressive agenda and all of that. We have a lot of catching up to do, she said. And she actually demonized landlords by saying, we live in a capitalist country where people are able to make money by just owning property. Okay, this is some crazy Marxist socialist idea that someone who just because they are on a higher rung on the ladder that they are evil and wrong and shouldn't be making a profit. Of course, she's forgetting about the fact that many tenants in these properties, in these apartment complexes that are owned by a landlord, they very often make more money than the landlord themselves. Like very often those landlords are poor compared to some of the tenants that they have. And so for her to say that you should go on a rent strike, which is what she is saying, and you shouldn't pay your rent, even if you can pay your rent, well, that's hurting some of the people that she says that she fights for, which are the poor, the marginalized. You don't know what kind of landlords are out there, but this is this Marxist, Leninist, this socialist idea that hierarchies are bad and that communism and utopia, or communism and socialism it creates inequity that these people say is enviable, that these people on the left say that we need here in order to uh, survive our next pandemic. And we have a media who, just like every other media in every other communist regime, is covering for these ideas, which has so often ended in failure. So often, actually not so often, but unconditionally ended in failure and suffering. And I also think one interesting thing that we read in this book, Nothing to Envy, and uh, in every account of any kind of socialist country, is that Christianity is always the first to go. And conversely, where Christianity thrives, so does freedom. 
that's probably why. That's why Christianity is always the first to go when it comes to totalitarianism. But the problem with that is, is that there is no concept of individual human dignity based on the fact that someone is just a human made in the image of God without the God of the Bible. There is no concept of that. Evolution doesn't account for that. Materialism doesn't account for that. Um, a survival of the fittest doesn't account for that. Why everyone, no matter their capacity, no matter their ability, no matter what they look like, where they're from, what their skin color is, has the same human dignity and therefore um, is deserving of the same kind of inherent human rights that the government cannot give or take away. That is why Christianity and freedom and human rights coincide the more that uh, the more that history has progressed. Of course, you can say, well, America was a Christian nation and allowed all kinds of atrocities. Yes, that is absolutely true. Obviously, slavery, Jim Crow, we had Japanese internment camps, we had Chinese railroads, all of these terrible things, abortion that has happened in this country. But all of these examples are us stepping away from Christianity and God's good law rather than stepping closer into them. Do you realize that when Mike Pence announced that he would not, he, his policy has been, he discussed this with us. Uh, he, uh, his policy as a, as a religious man is that he does not, he's never alone with a, a woman. Uh, and what he does is he has somebody, another man or another woman present. You know, he was attacked vigorously. Please understand, I know this, but not many people know this. The ultimate hatred of the left, the ultimate, is Christianity. It would be Judaism, but Judaism is too weak, so it doesn't threaten them. But any Judeo-Christian values, Christianity, anything in that regard. You know the, uh, the Prager University videos that get the most mockery? It's, it's consistent. It doesn't matter anything on, on minimum wage, on, on even feminism. It doesn't matter. The, the most hated are the religious videos, the videos that defend God's existence or the need for God for a moral standards. That's what really drives them crazy, and I know why. It is because whoever determines good and evil is God. The left wishes to replace God with themselves. If you want a working definition of God outside of creator, it is the source of good and evil. That is why the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't that they didn't know good and evil, Adam and Eve, prior to the tree. It's that they would become the determiners of good and evil. That is what the left wants to do. They wish to supplant God. That I, I, It's taken me a long time to understand what its ultimate hatred is. And you know when it came through? That they could not put up a billboard in Orange County, California. A billboard showing a pastor with a black book. It didn't even say Bible on it. Pastor Greg Laurie, who's on this program, one of the, the biggest pastors in Southern California, if not the nation, fills Angel Stadium. It's been 28 years that he's been doing this. 
fills the stadium with, with the, what is it, 60,000 people, whatever it is. And, you know, Christians who uh, want to have a, a, a wonderful experience together. He could not have the billboard up. The company was threatened and took it down. That's ultimately, there's gun control, there's minimum wage, there's size of government, there's abortion, there's you name it. But in the final, final analysis, analysis, and this is what I felt when I was with Mike Pence, because they hate Pence more than Trump. Read the comments to Brett Stephens' piece today in the New York Times where he calls for the impeachment of the president, which is very sad to me that he does. It's okay. I've lived with a lot of sadness in life. But the it's fascinating how many New York Times readers say, oh, no, 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 no. Then there's Pence. He is religious. Why do white Christians vote Republican and black Christians vote Democrat? Everyone knows conservative Christians vote Republican. It's like one of the rules of nature. The sun comes up in the east and conservative Christians vote Republican. Unless they're black. Oh, right. Most African-Americans self-identify as Christian and most African-Americans vote Democrat. Look at the numbers. In 2016, 81% of white evangelical Christians voted for Donald Trump. For many Christians, it's just assumed the Republican Party is the party for Christians. But what about black Christians? Pew Research interviewed validated voters after the 2016 election. People they could verify actually voted. When they looked at black Protestant Christians, there is no official category for black evangelicals because most pollsters have decided evangelical is a white term, but that's a whole different video. When we look at black Protestant Christians, 96% voted for Hillary Clinton, the Democrat, 96%. So 81% of white evangelical Christians voted for Trump and 96% of black Protestant Christians voted for Clinton. And it's pretty much like that in every election. White evangelicals vote Republican and black Protestants vote Democrat. Why is that? Don't they read the same Bible, pray to the same God? Which group doesn't understand that they're voting for the wrong party? To make things even more confusing, if we go back to 1890, these guys were Republicans and these guys were Democrats. What happened? How did we end up where we are today? Well, let's go back and find out. In 1870, the 15th Amendment gave African-American men the right to vote. Since they had this guy to thank for it and the brand new Republican Party, and since most Southern slave owners at the time were Democrats, almost all African-Americans voted Republican. In fact, the first 23 black congressmen were all Republicans. Not all Southern Democrats were these guys, but enough of them were that newly enfranchised African-Americans were not likely to vote Democrat anytime soon. Most Southern Democrats Democrats considered themselves conservatives. That sounds weird to hear. Everyone knows Republicans are conservative and Democrats are liberal. But the two parties didn't shake out so clearly on conservative and liberal until the 1970s and 80s. I ended on that one because that's what Google kept sending me. Google just wanted to keep sending me, you're evil if you don't vote Democrat. And, And that's what this is all about. I don't care what anybody says you know, sure, some of it has to do with the fact that you don't believe in God. 
And I am one of those Christians that, yeah, hey, I'm fine with that. I believe in old school Christianity, not the born again, not the, you know, you must be saved. I don't understand that. But, you know, I I would never say I'm the greatest religious person. I curse like crazy. I dip, I drink, you know, hey, I'm not a great person. I've committed adultery, as we talked about on the show. I am not the stellar aspect, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. And I I truly believe that. I've always believed it. And I believe I can get redemption for being a horrible human being sometimes in my life. But I think the most overriding thing in this, it, it is the, the swap. We have swapped as a nation. It was, you know, and I'm not going to say Christians didn't have something to do with this. From my opinion, um, hey, I love my brother, my middle brother. And, uh, you know, when he was born again, it was like a cheese grater. He was so full of the Holy Spirit that he was annoying. Everything was religion. And I remember we finally stopped talking about religion because we had a conversation. And I was my. Part of the reason why I pulled away from the church was my my parents got divorced, which was something that, you know, just went against everything I'd been taught. Uh, One of them had committed adultery. That was something that hit me. Um, and we moved and we started going to a different church and it was fire and brimstone. It was, you know, repent your sins or be beaten about the head. It was just too much for me. And then I went in the army and I went to church for a long time, but one day in a church onward, Christian soldiers and all the hymns and it is the church is, you know, different. You know, you're a soldier. You're supposed to be killing and blah, blah, blah. And I walked out when a preacher was talking. And I understand the analogy that he was trying to talk military. And people spend their whole lives trying to get to heaven. Well, Jesus did the leader's recon. He was right. But it hit me in a time, and this was 1990, that I was struggling with what I was doing. And I realized I couldn't walk with God and be a soldier from my perspective. A lot of people disagree. and That's the right to disagree. I'm not saying this is me talking, just what I believe. And so I still prayed. I still believed, but I didn't, wasn't devout because I thought it was hypocritical. And that continued through most of my life, that it was really difficult to put those together my brother being born again goes well in the bible it says you will work and blah blah blah. he was trying to construe it i understand what he was trying to do but it didn't help any so we just stopped talking about religion and that type of fire which was prevalent in conservatism pushed us to a point where we're at now where the left for voting hated it and their talking points continue down the line that you're telling me how to live 
telling me how to have sex, talking about my bedroom. You always hear those things, you know, with the abortion argument now. Republicans are always telling people how to live in their bedrooms and blah, 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 blah. Well, we've swapped. I mean, we're in a way right now where even in this little incident, you see the left saying this is religion with their own rules and laws. And it goes with their whole shtick that if a law can't be removed or passed, they just ignore it and do whatever the fuck they want. They're lawless. The base of the 18% that want to destroy the country. Let's be honest. They want no laws, Antifa, BLM. They want nothing. They want no responsibility. Well, white people can go to jail, but not them. That's the whole defund thing. They tell you what to think, what words, what to eat, what to drive. They are what they hate. Fascist right-wingers. But they're on the left. So, this article, Five Counterfeit Truths of Progressive Christianity, because this is the new thing. Progressive Christianity, the movement called Progressive Christianity, seeks to redefine what it means to be a Christian. Although it is marketed as a real thing, core essential doctrines are abandoned or radically redefined. Progressive Christians utilize scriptures, employ Christian vocabulary, and claim to follow the teachings of Jesus. Although it looks, smells, and sounds like the real thing, it ends up being more like fake brie than the historic Christian gospel. At the end of the day, the unifying beliefs of their movement add up to counterfeit truths. The first one. You are perfect just as you are. Second. Jesus didn't need to die on the cross. If sin doesn't separate us from God, why did Jesus die on the cross? According to progressive Christianity, Jesus didn't die as a blood sacrifice offered to God for the sins of the world. He died to show us how to forgive our enemies by allowing himself to be crucified. One progressive author put it this way, Who originated the cross? If God did, then we worship a cosmic abuser whose divine wisdom created a means to torture human beings in the most painful and abhorrent manner. Yeah. Christian progressives to view historically know, known as penal substitutionary atonement, which has to do with Jesus being punished in our place as our substitute. It's perceived to be abusive doctrine that implicates the character God. The logic goes like this. If God the Father requires the blood of Jesus' the Son, doesn't that make him something like a divine child abuser? See, because that is where they are. There is no responsibility. There is no God. Third counterfeit, the resurrection doesn't have to be historical to be meaningful, because Jesus didn't exist. God isn't that concerned about who we sleep with. One of the hallmark progressive Christianity's rejection of biblical sexuality and the affirmation of same-sex marriage and premarital sex. In her book, Shameless, Nadine Bowles-Weber, if you got a hyphen name, you're a douchebag, argues for a new Christian sexual ethic that allows for modern pornographic consumption, one-night stands, same-sex encounters, and virtually any sexual activity that demonstrates a concern for each other's flourishing. I don't know what flourishing is, but whatever. Historically, Christians have believed that God's design for sex is between one man and one woman with the covenant of marriage. Jesus himself affirms the purpose of sex and marriage. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and two, two will become one flesh. Jesus also condemns sexual immorality. 
verse 9, which was understood by Jewish listeners to be any sexual activity outside of marriage. But I redefine the word holiness to mean the union we experience with one another and with God. Bols Weber is able to declare sex outside of marriage is not just acceptable, but holy. According to this counterfeit truth, human sexuality is based on what makes someone feel happy and fulfilled, rather on God's holiness and purpose for sex. This is their biggest sticking point, this an abortion. Fifth, the Bible is an ancient travel journal. I have heard people talk, and I will tell you, it's not Christianity. It is a form of spiritualism, because that's what they... A wise man told me there are three things in your life. And when one of them is out, you're fucked. Now, subsequently, that man got caught sexually harassing somebody at West Point. Really hurt my feelings because he got me back on track. I was in a time in my life where I went to be a drill sergeant. I was really lost. My marriage has fallen apart, not because of drill sergeant, because for seven years we never saw each other. I was in Korea for 15 or 16 months. I was in the field all the time. We never saw each other, and we'd stop doing what we said we would always do, which is talk. Never go to bed mad. Don't let things pile up and become mountains when they're just little things. We were talking about divorce. I cheated on her. I came home and told her I cheated on her. We worked through the marriage. Blah, blah. So in this year after, where I'm being asked, can you pass the salt? And I bet she has really nice salt from the wife who couldn't get over it, which she had every right because I had broken trust and hurt her deeply. I was kind of lost. I was coming off the trail. I was stuck there. I was supposed to have a really good job, but it got fucked. And I was playing basically drill sergeant and executive officer, using learning how to use computers, which, you know, let's be honest. That's really good. I needed to learn how to use computers. Well, he's talking to me, and I'm really upset. And he goes, you know, you put all your your being as a person in that uniform. And that isn't the reason. Your life is in front of you, and he taps my family photo and walks out. And I realized part of my part of my problem was I couldn't wrap what I had done. I was the guy that counseled others not to cheat on their wife. I remember seeing guys in Korea talking to their wives with a Korean hooker on their arm. I mean, it was just morally, it really was a shock to me that I did it. I was disillusioned with the military because I'd gone there to try to change what I was getting in the unit and make better soldiers, but I realized it was just a factory. If they qualified, they were graduating, even if they fucked on the first arm's desk, which that actually happened. I caught them. Nothing happened to them. We caught them fucking all the time. But if they passed the PT test and qualified, they were graduating because people's, you know, it was like any other business. It's sales quota, man. You got to graduate people. And I had lost me. I was stuck in in the faith that everybody goes through in the 30s. You just don't know where you are. You just don't know where you are. This can't be it. I thought it was going to be great. I thought I was going to be a rock star. I thought it would be something, but I wasn't. 
And he lined me up that I was a success. My family was my success. It was all I was ever going to be. Now, years later, I am so demoralized because my son barely talks to me and my daughters disown me because of George Floyd protests. Go figure. And says she doesn't have parents and her life's better without us on Facebook. It's crushing. I don't get the big parties and sweaters and stuff. You know, I'm supposed to be wearing sweaters and cutting hams. You know, it's it, it hurts. But in there, because I went on a segue, was family, work, and religion. If your family's fucked up, everything else, you know, your work starts to get affected. And if you don't have spirituality and belief in something, you're off balance. The left knows this. For them to have people happy in their own personal happiness, they need some kind of spirituality. So what the left's done is create what they hate, a religion. Their religion is anything that's not conservative. Intersectionality, a way to cover every fucking thing Every subject you could ever think about, wrap it in the cloak of racism. Because they still need blacks to vote for them until Hispanics become the biggest demographic in our country. And then they can say, well, racism still applies. Racism's their tool. So they created a religion. And in any portion they can do... They will excommunicate people for doctrine. And they're just like a church. But their belief is they are perfect beings. And instead of having what we had in my youth where you're going to hell unless you come to Jesus and repent. You're going to hell unless you're woke. And as right-wing evangelicals were cheese graters on people, they will do everything they can to irritate you because it's a win. Because then you speak up and they can call you a bigot, silence you, cancel you, or whatever. Nothing on this subject could be more than just the abortion issue in itself should be a no-brainer. You know, we should all know, hey, majority of America doesn't believe you should kill a baby after it's born. We should win on that, but it's the woman right to choose stuff. And the sexuality that we cover all the time on here. The only true sexuality is gay sexuality. And if we can mix it with jabbing Christians, well, let's just do it. In walks Showtime. <laughs> Just as Jesus forgave, we ask you to forgive. forgive, forgive, forgive. <laughs> I'll never betray you, JC. Oh, <laughs> see, you couldn't even tell. I didn't know you were going to be in it. May the Lord be with you. Wow. Oh, Tiff, too. Let's Let's see. <laughs> Forgiveness by fashion. People have every right to turn off what they don't want to hear or see. But far more Americans were tuning in. Across all of 2020, the most Googled song and most Googled definition of any word 
was WAP, beating out words like entanglement and pandemic. This has been everywhere. As for all those conservative attacks, well, the news tonight is Megan Thee Stallion is answering them in a new song that takes the argument right to her political detractors. The music video shows a Republican senator in a red MAGA tie going online to hypocritically attack her in misogynistic terms. Megan then confronts him for disrespecting the women who keep things running. The women that you accidentally trying to step on or everybody that you depend on. They treat your diseases, they cook your meals, they haul your trash. They drop your ambulances, they guard you while you sleep. They do all that, and then in the video, they take the senator hostage. And Megan addresses all the right-wing criticism, saying, one thing I know, two things for certain, none of these people saying it to my face, and none of them are finna see me at the bank. Years ago, all that would be just like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? The whole Cardi B shit. I mean, he goes with this. If you're trying to become pregnant now or want to get pregnant, you get the COVID vaccine. They don't talk about people. It's pregnant people, non-pregnant people. And then this. Happy Father's Day to my man. I know your child's watching us from heaven. It's aborted. They've replaced religion with a new form of religion. That's what they do. And they just hate Christians because they don't vote the way they want them to. And it's all about votes. So, let's uh, continue on and do a little transfascism. Hey, hey, hey. Little pump in the cut. Hey, gang How many genders are there? The many. You can do whatever you want to do. And it's just like that question. Say that. Say that. It's like, why are you asking that question? No, that's the question. Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So today we are doing a more classic video. It's been so long since I've done an on the street video. Those of you that have been here for a while know that I used to do videos all the time on the street, interviewing people, talking to people, um, fighting people, not a good flashback. But today we're gonna be going around to Pride in West Hollywood. There's no huge parade this year because of Miss Rona, but I thought because I'm so sick of online discourse and how toxic it is that we'd go down and ask people in real life the controversial topics that are a debate within the LGBT community for pride. We're talking trans athletes, we're talking trans kids, we're talking how many genders are there. In my opinion, the answers are going to be a lot more sane, a lot more down to earth in real life because people just get hella crazy online. I think things are going to be super chill, but we'll see. Let's go to West Hollywood. Let's go, let's get in the car! Yes, we're going. This is my security guard.
This is my best friend JC. He is basically a brother to me. Some may say a big brother. And he's my security guard. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I say let's just go see what's happening. So we just stopped for food and drinks at the Abbey and I found my friend Toba. Hi! So Toba is going to walk with us and interview people with us. Hey. 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 Redneck's a gender. I, I mean, white people, I mean, they're white people, but I don't call them Caucasian because they don't count as a gender. It's pride, everybody. Every color on the pride flag is a symbol in the sky. Pride. And I'm proud to be me every time that I see that pride flag waving. Thank you also to Nickelodeon. And thank you to the young leaders for being so incredible. Nickelodeon dedicated a show to describing why it's so important to take care of the environment because not just of the trees and the birds and the fish, but because of environmental racism. Black snow, the thick soot that pollutes Pahokee, Florida. There's Cancer Alley, which is an area along the Mississippi River in Louisiana that's lined with oil refineries and air so toxic in New York South Bronx that 20% of children have asthma. What do these cities have in common? They're all examples of environmental racism. So that, of course, is Nickelodeon and their shattered ratings. One of the biggest victims of the migration towards streaming is Nickelodeon, the Viacom CBS-owned television channel that bills itself as the first kids network. Once a popular TV desti destination, the network has become more than a shadow of its form itself. Its ratings have been seen a drastic decline from 1 million viewers to 395 and it's because parents are shutting it off it's brainwashing it's what netflix is netflix knows what you want that's why you get black themed shows or um gay pride shit it's all re-education then i got this from the b victoria's secrets replace angels with the fattest Woman of all time, your mom. I had to put that in there because I thought it was funny. They have raves in Washington parts that are destroying shit. And they're saying it's freedom of speech, but it's uh, orgy and shit. Because, you know, going with the theme, everything Im immoral is moral. Everything moral is racist. This is one of the ones that just pisses me the fuck off. I tear my stomach from here to the belly button. Lifting something is way too heavy. Shouldn't have done it. I have intestine popping out of my stomach when I sit up. 
It's not covered because it's considered cosmetic. It's considered a tummy tuck that only is given to women after birthing. Even though they know it's because I injured myself, they don't care. Don't care at all. And by the way, this is going away. I went online and won a Thoromax 360 Zoom $100 mic arm for 20 bucks. So it'll be replaced, hopefully, by next show. It'll be pretty, just single, no scissors. Oh, it's going to be sexy. But we're going to pay for this because that's woke. But I can't get my stomach repaired. Not covered. Selective surgery. <laughs> then we have this winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I just, once again, um, with the Olympics coming. New Zealand names transgender athlete Hubbard to women's Tokyo Olympic weightlifting team. Hubbard has been eligible to complete Olympics since 2015 when the IOC issued guidelines allowing a transgender athlete to compete as a woman provide their testosterone levels are below 10 nanomines per liter for at least 12 months before the first competition. Some scientists have said the guidelines do little to mitigate the biological advantage of those who've gone through puberty as males, including bones and muscle density. Advocates for transgender inclusion argue the process of transition decreases the advantage. It's all a lie. We know it's a lie. You mean the one who pulled some same weight as second and third place combined? You mean someone who took first place and difference with second place was bigger than third place pulled combined? That one? So first place, 280. Clean and jerk. Combined. Total 316 pounds. Second place, 194. Third place, 137. 123. Breaking gold medalist in advance. And within it, 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 just like the last segment, here's a transgender BMXer. I was going to burn the flag because, you know, that's what we do. Burn flags. Because everything's racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. Make some sacrifices to ensure that um, the story of your family, the story of your people, the story of your state and your nation is not only not forgotten, but that it is told that it is told accurately and that it is told as part of a larger conversation and the larger history of our nation. You know, the people who are trying to, you know, pushing back against quote unquote critical race theory, which is basically a blanket way of, of keeping us from recognizing, talking about and teaching the fullness of our history. What they're doing is they're denying the country its full, its full retelling. We, as President Biden has said many times, and he said it again in Europe, you probably heard it, uh, Andrea, when you were over there, that great nations don't um, ignore their uncomfortable past, their uncomfortable truths. The United States is a, is a great nation. And even though people are trying to keep us from learning our, all of our history, Ms. Opal Lee showed that it is possible to do things to make it possible so that the generations coming and the generations unborn. One of the biggest revelations that we heard that was shocking to, to myself and others 
was that 85% of the loss in these major retailers is due to organized retail crime. Uh, what does that mean? That I mean, when you say organized retail crime, you mean uh, an organized gang is behind this? And what are they stealing? So what they do, the individual you saw yesterday, he had a garbage bag. He went to a specific area of the store. They pr primarily target cosmetics, over-the-counter drugs, and they take them uh, and they sell them to a middleman. And then the middleman then sells it on the international market, markets in the United States, at flea markets. This is a multi-million dollar industry. And because they know that they can recruit people that can hit one, two, maybe 10 stores in a day, according mm -hmm. to the representative CVS that came to my hearing, they will walk away with thousands of dollars of merchandise that will then be resold at a discount. And there's a great demand for these products. And why can't the police stop this? So what I've asked for is, and in my hearing, we had the district attorney, uh, we had the police department, um, we've now followed up with a letter of inquiry. The thing that was shocking to me that it was organized retail crime, that it was people that were recruited on behalf of larger syndicates that are then selling them um, throughout the United States and, and, and internationally. We need to crack down. We need to say, if people are hitting multiple stores in a day, there need to be aggregate charges. <laughs> a K-Park guy. Once again, uh, let's just flip to Don Lemon really quick because it goes with this guy. I don't know if America sees black people as fully human. I got a point coming. Hold on a second. Let me let me get to the where it is right here. Um, <clears throat> eh, stop. An interview. We're living in two different realities. Black and white people. Lemon interview began. From there, the host launched into a diatribe on race relations. Um. Claim that Trump prompted his overall commitment to exposing systemic racism. It's a wake-up call to white people who thought we're living in a non-racist world, Lemon said, of Trump's election. We're living in two different realities as black and white people. We knew as black people what was lurking beneath the surface and still believe that he was the necessary wake-up call for America to realize just how racist it is. He then said he believes it is his job and the job of all black Americans to educate white people on the issues of race. Unfortunately, to some degree, you have to do it because otherwise they may take the wrong actions and we want people to do it the right way. And the right way is by understanding and seeing our humanity, Lemon instead of calling a guide white people through racism. There are conversations that I want to have with people I know, he added. You have that conversation with people you don't know, but it's not the same conversation I think that we're going to make a difference. Lemon then just got to the heart of America. America is a racist country. I feel like I've had to do that because I don't think America has seen enough people like me, Lemon said. I don't think America intimately knows enough people like me. I would love America to see black people, especially black gay men, as, as and I hate this word, normal, and a human being. And as part of the culture, there are, we have our vulnerabilities and our struggles. We also have success. We love, we hurt, we go through trials and tribulations. I don't know if America sees black people, especially black gay men, as fully human and as deserving of the American dream. The simple fact that you two gay black men are on TV speaking, have a voice, shows America's not racist. 30 years ago, you wouldn't even have been able to be a gopher. But yeah, America's all fucked up. We're just bashing gay people and everything. No. 
No, that's that's not the case. Then you have this idiot, Macy Gregg. America needs a new flag, she says. Opinion. Let me fix this because it's all fucked up. 62 years later in 2021, we have changed. and It's time to reset a transformation, one that represents all states and all of us, writes Macy Gray. All of a sudden, I, I need to listen to her. Hey, wow, a stupid entertainer wrote a dumb op-ed about ditching the flag for a super woke one, which will never happen. Let's all link to stories about it and get really huffy about performative nonsense that will never happen, unlike CRT seeping into the education system. Highlighting the absurdity of things like this helps turn the tide against that which seeps. I disagree. Anecdotes are a powerful tool to illustrate trends. The fact of the matter is, they want to burn it down. They want their own flag. There's a black flag. I mean, we know that. And I'm not talking the band. And in line with it, Marvel star Anthony Mackie, America keeps black men from seeing their potential. Oh, really? You're a millionaire. What the fuck? Then we have real racism like White House, all white, and Axios White House defends elite club. That's as far as we're going. We're not going to lose our mind over it. We're not going to go crazy. We're just going to say... Uh, it's okay. It's normal. It's normal. It's all okay. We we got no problem with this. We have nothing. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. We can do that. It's fine. It's all fine. And one of the worst, I think, is NBC. Because of their policies and what they've done over the last year, cops are leaving in drones. We have fucking, or droves, not drones. We have fucking crime like we've never had before. And what do they run? This. Now to our series, The Future of the Force. After a year of facing unrest, more and more police officers are leaving the job. And many say morale has plummeted. Gabe Gutierrez reports from Portland, Oregon. Night after night after night. The clashes in Portland were relentless, and many police officers felt targeted. Morale, I think, is at an all-time low now. The precinct where Officer Krota Runsuck works is still boarded up more than a year after George Floyd's murder. We're being held responsible for the actions of an officer that's across the country, and I don't think that's fair. Since last July, at least 115 Portland officers have left the force, either by resigning or retiring. There are now barely 800 left. Just last week, members of the city's rapid response team resigned from that unit after one officer was charged with excessive force during a protest last year. We're stereotyped. Daryl Turner is the police union's executive director, who retired in January. We're dealing with rioting at a level and a sustained violence that we've never seen before. Gun violence in a city like we've never seen before. We're looking at the most catastrophic staffing levels we've ever seen before. It's a problem that's exploded nationwide. Several cities have faced calls to defund the police. Others have slashed budgets due to COVID. More and more officers say they feel villainized like never before. A survey of about 200 police departments finds that retirements are up 45% and resignations 18% when compared with the previous year. We've reached a breaking point. 
Sergeant Jake Verhalen in Folsom, California, says Floyd's death has rippled across even smaller departments like his, where recruiting new officers is getting much harder. Some of it has to do with paying benefits, but I think there is a bigger picture, and that being this public discourse, if you will, against the police, and some some young people perhaps are asking themselves the question, is that really a career path that I want to go down? In Richmond, Virginia, Officer Carol Adams is now trying to mend relationships within her. They're actually pl- proud of that shit. No cops. No cops at all. To a couple th- weird things. I saw this online. There is actually proof now that they knew they were crashing, which is kind of scary. And I'll say this for, well, no, I'll talk about it really quick. This is a neat story. I literally um, was watching, uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> Generation Kill. And they were talking about the charms. But when I researched this, I, I did not know that charms literally originated like in World War One, And they became part of sea rations in World War Two. But people got so freaked out about it, the Marines... That over time, this became, it's it's bad juju. If you eat a charm, bad luck will happen. And they show incidents where uh, like a plane full of apricots was another one that they wouldn't eat apricots because those are bad luck. And then the charms became a problem. And now they're no longer in the meals because people believe the charms are bad juju. And I thought that was just hilarious. I did not know um, in 2007, they pulled them because even the army picked it up. I'd heard it, but I still ate them. You know, I didn't think it was that big a deal. So let's go to a quick hypocrisy section and close this pick out. We've got to tell him. The fundamental purpose of our democracy is the freedom of our life. Your parents? You are our only hope. The America you know doesn't exist in our future. Democracy is dead. We have no voice. The regime watches our every move. It started when voter suppression ran wild all over America. The voting rights bills died in the Senate. Polling places closed. We lost our right to vote. This future doesn't have to be. You have the power to change it. Save democracy while you can. Call your senator now. Tell Daisy we love her.
And specific to this idea of critical race theory, I have to tell you, I just spent some time reporting on this county in Virginia about an hour outside of Washington. And, and to your point, this is something that is mobilizing people and sure resonating very deeply. It was about a 100-degree day, dozens and dozens and dozens of parents, mostly white in this largely affluent county, showed up to a school board meeting. For many of them, the very first school board meeting they'd ever attended, specifically because of this one issue. That's important to note. It, it, that you mentioned critical race theory a couple of times. This is a parent-led backlash at the grassroots level. And it's, bit, it's manufactured. No, it's, and the it's completely. And then, it, and then sort of the elected officials have been lit. The up. fire was lit. I, I disagree. Yeah. I think it started because p parents have had it with the education bureaucracy after COVID. Mm -hmm. They're fed up with it. They tend to trust Democrats when it comes to education funding, but they trust Republicans on education accountability. I think that what the backlash you're seeing on critical race theory in schools is another example of parents trying to hold educators accountable. It's Today, life on Earth is disappearing faster than the days when dinosaurs breathed their last, but for a very different reason. Us homo sapiens are turning out to be as destructive a force as any asteroid. Earth's intricate web of ecosystems thrived for millions of years as natural paradises. Until we came along, paved paradise, and put up a parking lot. Our assault on nature is killing off the very things we depend on for our own lives. The stark reality is that there are simply too many of us, and we consume way too much, especially here at home. It will take a massive global effort to make things right, but the solutions are not a secret. Control population, recycle, reduce consumption. As Brian to on national television admit he and his network are a bunch of liars about Donald Trump. This is Kevin in Princeton, Indiana. Good morning. Yeah, uh, Mr. Stelcher is the biggest minister of misinformation I have ever heard, and I'm a news junkie. He made the statement just a few minutes ago that he is, uh, all the stories are always evolving. Yeah, his yeah. stories absolutely evolve. Brian Stelter. Thank you for the feedback. I appreciate it. Savannah, Georgia. Rick, good morning. You're next. Uh, yes. I was just wondering if you still feel like Michael Avenatti is the greatest thing in the world and should run for president of the United States. That's and funny. my suggestion, my suggestion is whatever CNN says, do the opposite and you'll be fine. So right there you have more Hollywood telling you what to think bullshit. And if they think Katy Perry and Bloom are going to make us do anything, I, I think you're wrong. I love that finally somebody went on Meet the Press and cracked down on his manufact my ass manufactured. This is grassroots. Republicans aren't talking about CRT. There's maybe two or three of them. The rest of them are just ignoring it because they're so afraid of getting your condemnation. A 15-year-ago... Matt Lauer, the end of the world shit, so we're still alive. And then more Brian Seltzer. Here's Seltzer. Sometimes I feel like I'm a content creation machine. Are, are, are you serious? You're, you're fucking serious, aren't you? What the fuck? Brian Seltzer. Stop. Draws increasing fire for critics over CNN shows rating decline. And I hope I got the, the ratings in here. All he does is literally cover Fox News. So, 
failed to attract 1 million viewers for 11 straight weeks and averages only 752,000 on Sunday for a small audience of 2021, Brian Flood said. There are weekends under 500,000 people are watching his shows. And you know why? That's why. We're still talking about Stormy Ant. What the fuck? Chris Cuomo and Lemon doing podcasts? I'm going to send you a bill for my therapy session, sir, Don Lemon. Chris Cuomo owns Don Lemon Value Open Fearless Conversation. And that's what you'll get in their new podcast, The Handoff. And it's just going to be a hand job. Here are Obama people. A real fuck you to the U.S. He's a fucking failure. Those are Obama people. That's how bad this motherfucker is. Then you got Nicole Wallace. And I had to get these in before we close the show. Hers in May... A little over 147,000 people in this all-important demo, the 25 to 54, tuned in every day to watch Wallace's two-hour MSDNC program. In contrast, her program in launch 2017 used to have 543,000 viewers and 297,177 in March, 215 in April. And nobody wants to talk about her tick, if you've ever watched it. Atlantic voter ID does not suppress vote. And all this is getting out now. And the problem is, that's why you're getting the stupid shit from Warnock and Stacey Abrams saying, what are we going to do? We never said that because now the people are going, yeah, we do want that shit. Which brings us to our end of the show and I got a couple sound bites to play. One, CBS frets, what if the for the people act doesn't pass and we actually have to vote normal? God help us on that. The next one covered by nobody is literally videos from Afghanistan the day after the handover. And I got to get this in just for, I got to play it. Somebody put this up. My sister sent me this. Jesus Christ. I I was going to feature it, but I'm out of time. My God, this guy, he did a skit on being a Trump GPS. Fuck me. It's funny. Jen, uh, as Chris Van Cleve mentioned, a vote is expected as early as Tuesday uh, on sweeping voting rights reform. Uh, That bill is looking to come up short of the 60 votes it needs. If it does fail, what is the president's next move on this?
Bitsaları bit. Bitsaları bit. In a quarter mile, you're going to make a left, okay? We're talking about a left onto Sortel Boulevard. A wonderful street. I built it with my own two hands. A beautiful street. I know a lot about it. Nobody knows Sortel like I know Sortel. You're going to make a left. And if you reach Bernie Sanders, you've gone too far left, okay? If you reach Bernie, you've gone too far. In three big, beautiful quarters of a mile, we're going to make a U-turn, okay? We're going to make a U-turn, turn around, or as Jed Saki likes to say, we're going to circle back, okay? We're going to make the U-turn, the greatest U-turn the world has ever seen at Corpus Christi Drive, and we're going to turn it around faster than the world has ever seen. We're rerouting, or as I like to call it, lost, okay? We've got no clue where we are. We are more lost than a liberal after reading the Constitution. We're more lost than Sleepy Joe after leaving his basement. But we're going to get there soon, believe me. Now, I played that video of the press secretary because at no time does he say what's in it. They never talk about what's in the For the People Act because if they did, they'd have to admit it is a big boondoggle just to take over voting. The way they cover it is they just say, well, uh, it's to roll back the restrictive, uh, yeah, 70% of blacks wanted to. Yeah, shut up. Then you see Afghans handing over the weapons to the Taliban. They have Humvees already and everything. So clearly our handover is just a political thing. So, you know, are you surprised? And that GPS thing. My God in heaven, that guy, that is perfect. That is downright perfect so to go over the show in a nutshell violence is okay when it's our team and more importantly 
We ignore all other forms of violence. We're not going to talk about any of the things we show today, the murders. We are going to just totally, if you listen to that soundbite from the news agency, they just ran with it. It was terrorism for the gay pride or gay chorus pride thing. And there's no repercussions that they just totally made it up. It was wrong. And the mayor won't. And no, there's nothing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I did the religious section, which might be a turnoff to people. But I kept it brief because I don't want to go in depth. But let's be honest. They hate you. They hate everything about you. They hate your religion. They hate that you like a family. You like the flag. They hate pretty much everything about America. So Christianity has been replaced with intersectionality. And we are living through a type of French Revolution where immoral is moral and moral is racist. And when they have their own racists, like Sheldon Whitehouse, we just ignore about it and talk about now Republicans. You know, once again, it's the misinformation thing that cracks me the fuck up. We're always talking about conservative misinformation and they're lying and blah, blah, blah. Who's trying to get rid of fucking Juneteenth? It was a universe, 100% vote. Nobody's trying to get rid of it. We're trying to stop CRT, and then you see Chuck Todd get dick slapped. That's not fake outrage, dude. And your lily white bubble that you don't know, your lily liberal white bubble, you don't know what the rest of the world thinks. You think that, but on the ground, parents are done. Black parents, Asian parents, Latino parents. Those videos aren't selective. I'm not doing confirmation bias. As I find them, I play them. I could have played more today. But I'm going to hold it. A little girl getting up there and saying, I thought I was supposed to get an education, not an indoctrination. The silent majority is going to stand up. And as I said before, it's going to be a Tea Party S thing. Well, you're just a racist. That's all it is. You're a racist. That's how they'll defend it. And Chuck Todd showed you the game plan. It's astroturf it's not grassroots it's financed but then when you talk about them financing this whole takeover of the law enforcement and district attorneys by george soros and blm hmm that's conspiracy theory and that's another time that they care about anti-semitism but you know whatever so this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please share this with family and friends. Send comments to foppodcast.com where you can find this episode, last episode, and links to every episode on Rubble and SoundCloud. Our next show will be 26 June, year of our Lord, 2021. Until then, I have this great article is going to read. Get off your screens. Go out and enjoy it. Going fishing tomorrow. Going junking on Thursday. We're going to get out of the house. Enjoy it while you can. It's, you know, we've been locked up. It's time to get out and see nature. Yes, do it. And all as always, thank you for watching, listening, and following. You take care of yourself. We'll talk Saturday.